The Gospel story follows the steps of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, the place that we, the listeners, know will be the site of his crucifixion at the hands of the ruling powers. Now, Jesus is taking this journey along the border of Galilee and Samaria. Here's the thing. There were other routes that Jesus could have taken. And instead, he leads his followers along the borderland, the borderland separating the place of his people and of his birth, Galilee, and their rivals, the Samaritans, a people with whom the religious rift ran deep, an impure and unworthy people who, after their exclusion and rejection by the Jewish people, retaliated, creating a cycle of dislike and distrust And it is on to this border, of this place of long-held rift that Jesus walked. I find this really impressive because I can steer clear of walking past a professor's office by taking a different hallway if I have a paper I'm turning in late and I don't want to catch their eye. I've certainly walked a different block home because that annoying, talkative neighbor is going to be out on their porch at that time of the evening. And I've chosen to walk the longer route down and around Van Ness instead of on Polk Street because I didn't want to be in the proximity of the pain of homelessness and addiction that would present itself on my day off in San Francisco. But Jesus, always but Jesus, but Jesus walks that border. And I imagine he heard the protests of his disciples Remember how the Samaritan village rejected you? Remember how they vandalized our temple? All true. And yet Jesus, on the way to Jerusalem, went through the border region. I spent my middle school and high school years living on the border of Maryland and Virginia, just blocks up from the Potomac River, which created this wide margin between the two states. When summertime hit, And I want to pause for just a moment here. Uh, Summer is a season you may not be entirely familiar with here. (laughs) It's, in many parts of the United States, the only time of the year that we experience is sunny and warm. It generally falls between Labor Day and Memorial Day and Labor Day. And in southern Maryland and in Virginia, it is muggy and it is humid and you can cut the air with a knife. And it's in this place that that river... Oh man, swimming in that river is so refreshing and so healing. One of the things I loved uh, when friends would come to visit was taking them down to the river because down this wide swath of the Potomac had everything. For my friends who could hardly swim and were a little afraid of the water, there were protected pools carved out of the rocks where you could walk out to and just wade into and relax and enjoy cool water on a hot day. There were also the deep pools where we could leap off bridges and take rope swings and rapids that would shoot even the most experienced swimmers at a speed that would test their endurance and strength. There in the wide margin of the Potomac was the refreshment that everyone needed. This morning, we find Jesus walking in the margin of grace, there on that man-made border, inviting both the fearful and his followers into this place. Jesus meets those lepers standing off in the distance because of cultural stigma and taboos, and he meets them with grace and with healing. Of course, the hook 
of this story is that the ten lepers who cried out from a distance and received the healing word of Jesus, of those ten, the one, the one who recognized that he was healed and that that healing was due to Jesus and turned back to go give praise and thanks, was a Samaritan, the unprivileged, the undeserving, the one from the other side of the border, the one despised was the one who got it. So Luke, our gospel writer, narrated this episode in a way that seems deliberately to challenge the notions of the privileged position of the Jewish people within the redemptive work of God. In restoring wholeness to a Samaritan leper, Jesus countered not just notions of acceptance based on purity, but also, and more importantly for this episode and for our time, that God's favor is grounded in any nationality or genealogy. Jesus is the instrument of healing in the midst of these long-standing and deeply rooted rifts. Jesus took his disciples out from their safe place and invited them to see an expansive vision of who belongs in the kingdom of God. Jesus brings along those living in safety to borderlands where supposed enemies abound. And instead, he meets those with fear and grace and heals. Episcopal priest Eric Law stakes the claim that this work of Jesus calls us to use our power and our our positions for the good of all, not merely for ourselves or for a select few like our family. You know, we just, just take care of our own. That's the important thing. No, with Jesus, he calls us out of that away from those who are just like us in thought, in ethnicity, in ideology. And this idea that Eric Law has mirrors today's reading in Jeremiah from the Old Testament, where the prophet is delivering God's message to the Jewish people who are living in exile. They've been captured and relocated to Babylon. And God declares that his people should seek the welfare of the city of Babylon, the city of their enemy, who ravaged their homeland. And yet God calls the people to lead full lives, establishing homes, businesses, families, praying for the city, seeking its welfare. And God says, in fact, your welfare depends on how you seek the welfare of this city. This is a revolutionary call to grace. To follow Christ, full of grace, means that we avoid dividing people up into who is right and who is wrong, who to attending just to those who have the most power. This work, though, it's hard and it's rewarding. Those who follow in Jesus' steps are called to deliberately and with intention create these grace margins on the borders. These grace margins are a space for those of us who've been staying away from the fray, maybe because of fear or because we're just happy in our safe spot. It's a place for all of us to come together to bring our gifts, and to find healing. We know that these borders aren't really that far away. For some of us, there's border conflict in our homes, with our families, brothers and sisters, with parents. And today, today we claim that the Spirit of Jesus is there in that space, and that healing is possible that grace is possible, and we figure out how do we lay down our privilege, our power, what we think gives us an upper hand on someone, and go and attempt to seek healing 
But it's not just in our family lives. This gospel passages are calling us out into public, into the world, into these places where we've divided others in society. And our privilege, our privilege can afford us the opportunity to shy away from this work, to turn a deaf ear to the cries of the lepers of our time, to walk the long way on Van Ness, to pull into our garage and head to our back deck safe and secure. And although we certainly have a buffer here in Ross, we know that we don't have to travel all the way to Southern California to follow in Jesus' footsteps in being people of the border. The borders that divide the supposedly privileged and deserving from the rest of the world reside just around the corner from us. The good news is that we head to this border knowing that is where the spirit of Jesus resides, right? That's where Jesus is walking and working. And we get to go there together as the body of Christ, together as disciples of Jesus. This fall, we've been hearing stories uh, during our time of announcements, these testimonies of how people at St. John's have followed in the footsteps of Jesus by taking one step together with this community, one step of faith, of risk. And there's a concrete way that you can take a step towards the borders that divide. And that's to attend the St. John's Outreach Fair. It's being held Sunday, November 3rd from 11.30 to 12.30, right after this service in the parish hall. And they're going to be representatives, those folks who have been leading us in faith, going to these places, addressing the affordable housing crisis in Marin, serving homeless mothers and their children through the Gilead House in Novato, or feeding the homeless through St. Vincent de Paul. And we can find out how together we can go as a parish into these places, into these places of healing. And we go there because we follow Jesus, the crucified Jesus that we'll celebrate today, who wasn't crucified because he broke bread and shared wine, but because of who he broke bread and shared wine with. Jesus was crucified because he was a social revolutionary, crossing borders, upending the supposed privilege of those in power, and bringing to those across the border physical recovery forgiveness, and restoration to full life in the community. So what could it look like for St. John's to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, the social revolutionary, and become a parish that's not only a safe place for our families to worship and seek God, but one that is a sanctuary for anyone relegated across a cultural border, a place that has a wide margin of grace, a place where we follow the lead of the Samaritan who turned back. And we follow that Samaritan's footsteps to Jesus to receive the grace that comes from God, the grace that meets us today in our fear or in our safety, offers us God's love and forgiveness and the invitation, the call again to join in the transformative work of Jesus. And together with the Samaritan, we proclaim, as we do every week in the Eucharistic prayer, that it's right to give God thanks and praise. It's right, it's a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who meets us on the margins. Amen.